Recorded live at the Hempoint Studios in Lyman, South Carolina. This is the All Seven Days Podcast. We're just church members having conversations about spiritual matters where the Bible gets to define truth and our minds and perspectives get to conform to that truth. Send your question in at ask at all seven days.com, 864-660-9473-9473. How did I say the word seven just then? Seven three. Leave a voicemail or text there. I can never get through this clean. No, it's just it's just one of those things. Uh, get mugs of t-shirts, all7days.com slash shop, or support us on a monthly basis. A buck a month will help. Anchor.fm slash all7days. Thanks for listening today. We've got a room full of people. Woot, woot. And Sturgill's actually in the same room at the same time looking at each other. No, I'm looking at you, looking, They're looking at me. <laughs> but they are grinning. And uh, hey, Sturgill's, how are y'all? Good. You? Very good. Yeah, so this is probably be the best you ever sound on the podcast since you're actually in the room on a mic and not going through a phone line. So that's that's cool. Yeah, I realized my service was terrible last week. <laughs> well, it muted out your road rage, so it was good. <laughs> and one pastor, high right reverend Bradley Cox is here. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back with you. What's been up with you, Bradley? Oh, what's been up with me? Um, it's summer. Kids are out of school. It's hot as blazes. I just checked just a minute ago. It said 99 degrees, and the heat index was like 108. I was going to say it's very humid on top of all It's that. hard to breathe outside right it now. I, really I heard some thunder. I'm hoping we're going to get some rain, and maybe it'll cool it off a little it'll bit. It'll probably just turn it into a sauna. I was going to yeah, say it's going to evaporate might. before it even comes to us. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It is warm out there. Uh, anything else going on? Uh, let's see. We got a missions trip coming up. Oh, um, nice. yeah. Uh, we're going to Mexico again with back to back. And, um, so Thomas, your son is going on this mission trip going on the trip and he's been earning money through our small group by babysitting for yes. the wee ones. And he, he seems to enjoy it. I don't know if he really does or not, but he says he does. Yeah, he does. And, the money uh, helps. He told me <laughs> last night when I slipped him his money, he said, Hey, I'm paid up for my mission trip. All this is going in my pocket. (laughs) 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 And I said, well, you're going to need some spending money in Mexico. He said, yeah, I'll buy a souvenir. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He loves it. He loves it. He did come home last night, though, kind of like, you know, rubbing his head going, oh, man, the kids wore me out. (laughs) And it was hot. He was hot. Yeah. yeah, But he he enjoys it. He definitely did not help. Yeah, no, he did not help at all. But he, he loves it. He does a good job. Cool. Yeah. It's good. It's good to be back with you guys. Good to have you back. It's been a minute. It has been. Yeah. I don't know how long, but it's been a while. So, and the reason Bradley here, of course, is our as is our tradition. I stole that line from Cody. That uh, we're going to look back at four episodes, and Bradley's going to correct all our mistakes. Fact check. Agreed. I, I don't know that there was any mistakes to correct, <laughs> but <laughs> but we can at least rehash yeah. some things. Maybe have some new insights. So that's cool. We'll do that right after this quick break. This is the All 7 Days Podcast. Welcome back to the All 7 Days Podcast. Rachel runs down the stairs because her baby is crying. She didn't leave him down there by himself. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't fall down the stairs. <laughs> but, no children uh, were harmed in the recording right. of this podcast. <laughs> uh, but let's look back. Uh, we've got... Uh, Several questions to look at. One was from Matthew 18 from an anonymous listener that says, um, 
Uh, I've had others pray with me about things, but God never seems to answer what's going on. Talking about Matthew 18, verse 19, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. We put some context around that. Um, so you need to do the same if you didn't hear that rep- episode. But Bradley, what what did you uh, what did you hear there, and uh, what else can you bring out for us? Well, I, the first thing that I wanted to say um, is you know, it, it, and it's kind of what we're going through at Res right now. We're in Luke chapter twelve, and um, Luke chapter twelve, in my opinion, is one of those passages where. It's not talking about what people typically think it's talking about. Right. Um, and and if you want to know exactly what I'm referring to, you can go listen to the Res Faith podcast. But here in Matthew 18, people think, tend to think, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst, that Jesus is talking about prayer in general. Yeah. And he's not. No. Uh, now, here again, I think we've talked about this before. Sometimes people make right applications from the wrong texts. Yeah. When we pray, is Jesus present? Of course he is. Yes. He's present if there's one or two or one or 200. Yes. Um, He said to his disciples, I'm with you always until the end of the age. He said, I and the Father are going to come and make our home with you. And I don't think that's only talking about the future fulfillment of the kingdom. So Christ is always with us. He's always present with us. So if you have two or three people who gather for prayer, is he with you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that what he's talking about in Matthew 18? No. And you guys did a really good job of you know pointing out that really there's a is a twofold theme there. I mean, one is obviously confronting a brother who's sinning, you know. Mm-hmm. My sense is habitually unrepentant kind of sinning going on there. There's also a theme of childlikeness in the kingdom that's going on there. So yeah. there's a theme of both humility and confrontation that are running side by side. And when Jesus, I think your point about, you know, he says where two or three are gathered and then you back up and he's talking about two or three witnesses coming with you when a brother's unrepentant. Mm-hmm. I think that's the tie-in. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, some people get tripped up too over verse 18. Can't remember if y'all talked about verse eighteen or not. Um, Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Literally, in the Greek, that is, whatever you shall bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Okay, and whatever you loose shall have been loosed in heaven. In other words, when a brother is confronted, uh, let's say it gets to the point where you've got to bring two or three with you. If he repents and you say to him, you're forgiven, that's true, and that's already settled in heaven. Right. Even before the repentance is actually voiced and the, the two or three witnesses perhaps elders say, okay, you're forgiven, you're restored into fellowship. That's already settled in heaven when that happens. Yep. Similarly, so in that sense, it would be the loosing. Right. Uh, if a brother is unrepentant and you you pronounce him or, or you, you, you disassociate with him, he has to, to be uh, excommunicated from the fellowship because 
leaven, a little leaven infects the whole dough. I mean, that's right. that's all throughout Scripture. Then that Jesus is saying the same thing. That shall have been bound in heaven, even before that actually takes place in time. Uh, so, it, 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 you know, an example you might look to would be Ananias and Sapphira when they sold their property and claimed they brought all the money, but they only brought some, and they were under no obligation to bring all the money. Right. But Peter calls them out. Or any of the money, for that Or matter. any of the money. Yeah. That's exactly right. They weren't required to do any. This That was all in in freedom that people were giving that way. Uh, but Peter calls them out, and judgment comes from God. Yeah. Uh, as Peter is voicing that judgment, it's already... It's already bound in heaven. It's yeah. already it's already settled in heaven, and God God is not going to let that little bit of leaven infect the whole dough of His church, yeah. particularly in its infancy, um, which is that's a harsh reality. But yeah. that 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 that's just a all of that to say. Read the Bible in context. Right. Don't let a verse just sort of stand alone, and you think, "Oh, this is talking about Jesus is talking about prayer." And that's that's really not the topic at hand at all. Right. Good. Makes me think of Brian. What does it say? What does it say? That's <laughs> exactly right. And and it's when you look at it carefully, that to me, you know, Brian Onkin is who you're referring to uh, with the river. Uh, he's a a fatherly voice to our church. Is yeah. that a fair, absolutely uh, fair, yeah, fair statement? And. It's it's what he says all the time. Examine the text carefully. Yeah. And when you do that, um, things like Matthew eighteen will become clear. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brian is such a huge influence mm-hmm. on us, and it, and in such a great way, mm-hmm. um, teaching us to you know, I I find it amazing that we treat the Bible like we like no other text we would ever read. It's so true. I mean, we, you know, if you're reading any other book, you'd start at chapter one, sentence one, and go all the way through it mm-hmm. to get the meaning of the book. What's what's this book trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we just we just dive in, let it fall open. Holy Spirit, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, and, and it says, "Why don't you curse God and die?" I mean, what are you gonna do that? <laughs> right. It, I'm, I had breakfast with Brian this morning, and we were talking about Luke 12 and uh, I, I'll, I'll say this much. Most people read the portion of Luke 12 that we're in verse 35 uh, to really the end of the chapter, but particularly through verse 48 and conclude that Jesus is talking about his second coming. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what he's talking yeah, about. So and, but it's a difficult text to interpret. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, you know, if I had not been teaching through the book, if I had not been reading through Luke with the elders and taking it verse by verse and and looking at it in context all the way through, I don't know that I would have dealt with this text at all. Yeah. <laughs> or I would have de- I I wouldn't have dealt with it rightly. Right. But but Reading sequentially like that, and 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 processing and paying attention, you're going to see things, and you're gonna you're gonna be forced to wrestle with things, yeah. and that's a good thing. When you come to something and you don't, I forget who was said this, the the first person that said this, I can't remember a pastor, um, but 
his name escapes me, but the texts that seem most problematic to you are probably the ones you need to hammer on the most yeah. and spend the most time on because there's treasure there to be found. Yeah. But you got to pay attention to what's being said. There, let's jump down to the James 5 uh, text. Yeah. Because um, they, they kind of went together, and, uh, and Chuck asked that question. And he asked four, I thought, really good questions. What does a prayer of faith save the sick person from? And why is healing brought about by confessing sins? What does effectual fervent prayer mean? That's the KJV version of that mm-hmm. verse. And why is this kind of prayer activated by the righteous man. Mm. Go. Uh, so let's take those one at a time. I, I mean, you dealt with this, but what, what does the prayer of faith save the sick person from? Um, and I might take these two together. Why is this kind of prayer activated by the righteous man? When we read the, term, the words save and righteous, we tend to think of our eternal salvation and the imputed righteousness of Christ. Yep. Okay, In this context, I don't think that's what James is talking about. Right. Similar to, you know, in Greek, similar to English, we can use the word save to mean a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I save money when I take coupons with me to the grocery store, or I saved my dog from that car that was about to run him over. Right. Right? There's, there's a number of different ways you can use the word save, and in this case, I do think the word save is referring to being physically healed right. at this point, in this context. The, why is this prayer activated by the righteous man? Um, I think that there's a couple of different ways we could read that. I'll suggest one, um, and I'll tie it in with the confessing sins part. Um, not all sickness is brought on by sin. Right. But some is. There are times when Jesus physically healed people and told them to go and sin no more. When the paralytic was lowered down through the roof, the first thing he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, was his paralysis the direct result of sin? We don't know that for sure, but there are indications in Scripture that sometimes sickness can be brought on by sin. Right. The one example that I've got is... Is it where Paul talks about in is it First Corinthians about communion, right? Yes. Some of you are sick, and some that's of you have really died because you've taken communion inappropriately. And, and that's a great example. Yeah. That's probably the best example. Um, now, when sickness, you know, sickness, um, like I said, can be brought on, not always, by sin. And in a similar fashion, sin can be a hindrance in our prayer life. Mm-hmm. Not that because we've sinned, God has his fo- arms folded or his fingers stuck in his ears going, right. la, 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 I'm not listening to you. But, you know, in First Peter, he says, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way so that your prayers are not hindered. Yeah. What does that mean? It means if I'm not living with my wife in an understanding way, the potential for my prayers to be out of line with the will of God mm-hmm. are greater, right? Because there's that sin is twisting my my perspective or my perception of what's going on and how I'm praying. So in this case, the righteousness uh, connected to the effectiveness of prayer could be there's unconfessed sin that is either hindering healing or hindering the prayer for healing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Don't make that formulaic. Like, like that, this is where we tend to go with this. 
I wouldn't make that formulaic, but I would just recognize the fact that in some cases sin has the potential to derail whatever the prayer of faith is, which you guys I think talked about. Yeah. Um, it 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 there seems to be a dealing with sin that at times at least is going to be part of praying in faith. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Hey Rachel. Hello. How's the how's the nugget? Fully fed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. This is a family show. You know, effectual fervent prayer. Um again, James helps us so much by giving us the example of Elijah. Yeah. And I think you probably went over this, is that uh, when God tells him to pray for rain, he sends the servant off seven times before he sees a little tiny cloud the size of a man's hand. And when, when you have heard the Lord say, ask me for this, I'm going to do this, pray this way. Um, Because we understand God is sovereign, which was one of the questions. And if he's sovereign, he not only ordains the end, but also the means. Our prayers being a means by which he accomplishes his purposes. If he says, ask me for this, keep asking. Yeah. Pray until something happens because you can be confident that you're asking rightly. Right. I kind of talked about it in that the prayer of faith, it kind of turns our attention to think of it instead of saying, God, my, my faith is based on I know God's going to do what I ask him to do to I know God's going to do what he said he'll do. Yes. And that's why I'm praying for it. And I, I, I might have told this story before, but I think it's such a great example, modern example, Brian Alkin again, when the first time I walked through this passage with him and he was teaching me about what the prayer of faith means, what James is talking about, he said that uh, there was a time where he and another pastor got invited to a hospital uh, where someone in their church was really sick. There was some kind of viral infection that had gotten so bad, the person, I think it was a child even, had lost their sight. Mm-hmm. And on the way to the hospital, he and this other pastor were praying, and one of them felt like the the Lord said, I'm going to heal this child. Mm-hmm. And... I think it was the other pastor that they felt like the Lord said, I want him to pray, not Brian, but the other guy he was with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go in the hospital room. Kid's really sick, can't see. Parents are upset. We're here to pray, and we feel like the Lord said he's going to heal him. They pray. And I don't know if it was immediate, but it was within a really short amount of time while they were still there. His sight came back, and he just immediately started getting better. They walk out of that hospital room feeling great. Yeah. Like, no kidding. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> and they run into someone else from the church whose husband is down the hall dying of cancer. Mm. Well, we're on, a, we're on a roll. Let's just roll right in there and, and, yeah. and pray for that guy's healing too. And Brian said, as we were walking in the room, he heard the Lord say, pray for comfort. I'm not going to heal him. I'm going to take him home. Mm. And that's... I think how what our posture should be in prayer. Yeah. You know, some people talk about I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, and nothing's happening. Well, maybe what you're asking for is not in line with what the Lord's will is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, 
you back up to James chapter 4, you have not because you ask not because you ask wrongly. Right. So there, there's a listening. And we, you know, Stan, you and I have been through some training recently about this. There, there's a listening element yeah. to prayer that is often grossly neglected. Yeah. Um, we just, I find more and more when I'm asked to pray for people, they're like, you know, I'm sick or my, my wife's sick or my kid's sick or we've got this drama going on at work or whatever. My first thought now is, Lord, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to ask you for? Tell me how to pray. I don't want to just assume that I know what you're, what good thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. What you You mentioned this. I don't know which episode it was, but, you know, all good gifts come from God. Mm-hmm. So whatever he's doing is good, and I just I, I want to hear from him. That's what Elijah did. Yeah. I've done all these things at your word. Yes. Just yeah. awesome. Yeah. So. Conversation piece. It's a conversation with God, not just a one-sided talking to God. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Good stuff. Should we move on? Sure. Um, should we take uh, Justin's question? Nah. <laughs> I, let me say one thing about that. All right. So Justin's question, just to remind our listeners, he's he's talking about bringing down the temperature around politically charged conversations and you know any other highly charged conversations. So I'll just leave it at that. I, I I was thinking about this question, and candidly, I didn't listen to this episode. Um, I think a lot of times we, 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 we want to try to deal in, in absolutes, uh, in nuanced situations at times, practically speaking. Um, when, when this question comes up, we want to give people advice about conflict resolution and, and all these kinds of things and all that's good. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's bad one of the things i've been thinking about recently and i've i've challenged myself with this is i do not want to approach complex issues with sound bites yeah i'm just not going to do it anymore mm-hmm. you know there there are three words that i think we would do really well to learn i don't know yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I just read a book on critical race theory, critical social justice. And I've, I, even after reading that book, there's a ton I don't know. Now, I have thoughts and I have opinions, but, you know, you, you, you find people all the time going around with these little sound bites they've got. Yeah. These little, they've watched a five-minute video on something on YouTube and they think they're an expert in something. And I just would caution people, slow your roll. Don't don't dive into something that you know. That Paul, the apostle Paul, talked about people that make confident assertions about things they do not know, yeah. and I think that's driving a lot of the tension in our culture right now. Is we we we've we've identified with a camp. This is not true of everybody, but of some people, they've they've aligned themselves with a particular camp or tribe, or philosophy or idea because. That sound bite sounded good to them. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but they haven't they haven't thought through they haven't spent time you know we would do so well to just unplug from media and social media and and you know everything that is just you know reduced down to 50 characters or less and really you know if if you if you feel passionately about something read about it now now candidly or or just just to be clear whatever that book i read on critical social justice does not replace the bible it does not replace the gospel it's not even a supplement to those things but it's just me trying to become aware of what are the arguments out there what are what what are people saying and what, what where are they coming from with this and how how do i need to think about this um with the gospel and the and scripture as my foundation mm-hmm. right uh that that to me is 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 just not happening enough yeah uh and i think a lot of the you know getting caught up in screaming matches and uh christians demanding their rights and detracting from the gospel um you know we best we best be clear on what the scriptures say and we shouldn't be afraid to say i don't know when we are not informed yeah that was just a little soapbox yeah i like oh, it i do too good stuff so in conversations with other people if you don't know say i don't know but let me do some research and i'll get back to you and then go back to that conversation with more information to share and communicate better yep. exactly exactly well that or if you say something that might that's what I'm looking for. It's not exactly true, and they know it's not true. As me and you talked, I think this might have been when I was on first on, it just spirals because a lot of times people might not even care about your opinion. They just want to get into an argument. So if you just say, I don't know, it kind of also just shuts it down, depending yeah. on the... It, it does, and, and, and we need to realize that in our culture today, narratives are trumping facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so a lot of times people are, are are coming to maybe attempting conversations, but their guns are all loaded with these narratives that they don't even really know and understand, haven't thought through. They've just heard it enough that they're able to regurgitate these narratives that may or may not be based in facts yeah. or based in truth. And I, I think it, it's it's a tough thing right now. It's really a tough thing to try to have nuanced conversations with people. And I think, you know, just for me, I, I will not get on social media and comment on anything. Uh, no, I just won't do it. I, it, it I, I, I might, if you post a picture of your son, I might say, oh, he's beautiful. But if somebody's arguing over politics or uh, something related to COVID, I, I just don't do it because it it's so unfruitful yeah. in my opinion. It's, yeah, it's a waste of time. It's distracting from the gospel. And I agree. I mean, yeah, he's definitely beautiful. So I mean, I wouldn't argue. On, I wouldn't argue on that one. <laughs> he is that. Is he still as pretty since he fell down the stairs? Uh, Rachel. <laughs> you didn't hear about that. He did fall down the stairs. Uh, kinda. <laughs> we were at my mom's yeah. house. Again, no children were harmed in the recording of this podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> this was before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were at my parents' lake house that's being built, and there was a single cinder block off the front step from the porch. And um, I was holding Raylan, and as I stepped down onto the cinder block, I put too much weight on the front of it. It rolled out from underneath me. Oh. And I toppled to the ground. And she's sitting there freaking out. Did you get hurt? 
Yeah, well, kind of. Okay, so yes, she did. Hold on, <laughs> I got this one. So yes, she did. And I see her, you know, she's just bawling, crying. I saw her laying on the center block on her back. So I'm worried about her. I see her holding Raylan. Mm. He never hit anything. She had him perfectly curl. Like a fan she's of She's worried about game. she's worried about him bawling, crying. I'm trying to take care of her too. She goes, "I'm fine." Get him. I'm like, babe. Okay. I just take the baby and her mom dealt with her. I was just like, all right, let's go to the car. She was like a fan at a baseball game. Yeah. Catching a foul ball and yeah. spilling a drop of beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like yes. that. That's beast mode, Rachel. That's right. I'm impressed. That's beast That's right. mode. Love it. All right. Last question. Um, we talked a good bit about the sovereignty of God and the implications of that. Uh, were there any areas... Did you listen to that episode? <laughs> okay, good. I listened to some of. Were it. there any Were there any areas that we left out that you wanted to to bring out? Well, we, I, I, not really. I, I I would just say this one thing. I mean, a scripture that I go to. I don't know. I don't think you guys mentioned it. Isaiah forty six. We did not. No. Um. You talked about for God to be sovereign, it means He can do whatever He wants. That's right. Um. And I would say yes and amen. Um, but his sovereignty also means he gets whatever he wants. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he not only he not only does what he wants, but he accomplishes yes. what he wants. And nothing's going to thwart that. Isaiah 46, verse... I'll start in verse 8. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, not things not yet done, saying, My counsel, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Mm-hmm. So declaring the end from the beginning means he, he makes it known what he wants, what he intends. But he not only makes that known... He not only goes about those things, I will accomplish. My counsel shall stand. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what's so amazing is that there, there is nothing that threatens his sovereignty. Um, yeah. You may not like it. Um, you, 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 you may not understand it. I mean, I, I mean, I've had many times with the Lord where I've said, I know you brought this about, and, but mm-hmm. I don't like it. Um, yeah. I, I, there are things that I've struggled at times to appreciate. I saw an ask pastor John one time that was, is it a sin if I don't like God's sovereignty? And, you know, John Piper was pretty candid about the fact that there are times where he just really struggled to have joy mm-hmm. about the sovereignty of God. Cause there are, there are some things about his sovereignty that are not easy pills to swallow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now we see through a glass dimly. His ways are higher than our ways. And there, there are some things God has told us, made known to us about himself or his purposes, that he hasn't entirely told us why it's good for us to know it. Mm-hmm. It's just we know it. We know it to be true, and, and, and one of those is that I believe this is true, and some might argue differently, but I think it, it, the Bible is so prolific about this is that God is not only just sovereign, he's meticulously sovereign. Yeah. He, he, the hairs of our heads are numbered, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Or not. Or not. 
Um, <laughs> he 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 closed he closed the lilies of the field. Yeah. He feeds the ravens, right? Yeah. Like that that points me to a God who every last little stinking detail he's ruling over yeah. and and commanding. And yeah. so I remember know. there's a there's a sermon snippet from Piper speaking to him where he goes into this crescendo and ends it with there is there are no rogue molecules. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a really cool way to put it. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. It's so good. And speaking of hairs, <laughs> being a new elder at church, I'm learning the the sly humor of Jonathan Seymour. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because one of the prayers that he prayed as we were <laughs> wrapping things up, he's praying for Bradley. I think you were sick or something. You're not feeling great. And yep. he's, praying, he's praying for for you. And he says, you know, you made him. You put him together. You know, all the hairs that are not, not on, on his, his head. head. He paused. <laughs> we all just started laughing. You leaned back and said, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, and he's done that a couple of times. So. Yes, yeah. he gets that little slide grin on his face. Yeah, you know he's up to something at that yeah. point. Yeah, cool. Anything else? Good questions. Really, really good, good questions. Um, yeah, that's good. Awesome. All right, we will leave it there. Thanks everybody for being in the same room today. It's kind of cool to have you all here. It's it's a nice feeling. It's, yeah, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should hold her hand. We're gonna start some marriage counseling right here. Yeah. <laughs> so of, we're in the same room and brought Bradley. Speaking of Matthew 18. <laughs> uh, well, thanks everyone for listening today. Remember, get your questions and comments in ask at all seven days.com, hc Leave us a review on iTunes and support us. All seven days.com slash shop anchor.fm slash all seven days. This is the all seven days podcast where the goal is to get you to think so highly of God that you forget about yourself. Now go give someone what you value most today.